The desk is finally gone. The Costco saga has end. ended. Welcome to How to Build a Tent, the podcast on how to make you successful and the commentary on Costco return policies. <laughs> I'm just kidding about the latter part. Thank you so much for being here, sharing the show with a friend, following the show on all the social media sites that you can find on the link below in the show notes. It's How to Build a Tent. If you're not a link-clicking kind of person, you can email me, Matt, at howtobuildatent.com. I have the most splitting headache in the world. I feel like there's a hammer and chisel just going down the center of my brain. So this podcast might be really short. It might be really long. I've already started once without even having my microphone set up. This could get crazy. It could get really crazy or it could be really good. I'll just let you be the judge of that. But please just don't tell me because I have a really bad headache. I'm just doing my best. We are part of the Fight, Laugh, Feast Network. Go over at HTBT. Uh, no, go to fightlaughfeast.com. Yeah, it's going to be one of those episodes. Put in HTBT in the memo field, and you'll get this mug that is in my hand right now. And you can drink along with me. You can rep this HTBT mug to all of your coworkers and colleagues. You can tell them how great this show is. You can give them all the information that you've learned from me you can give me all the credit for all of your success no i'm just kidding i will not take the credit for your success it is mostly because of you but hopefully we've helped you along the ways go get all the great benefits of being part of our network and support us along as we do it i really appreciate all of you that have followed all of you that have shared the show with the friends i've just seen that over the last couple of weeks has just been a Incredible blessing. I'm incredibly humbled by it. I'd love hearing from you guys. I'd love for you guys to email me at howtobuild10.com with comments, suggestions, any medicine for my headache, any home remedies. Right now I'm just drinking scotch. No, I'm just kidding. I have not drank any scotch tonight. What else did I want to talk about? So the desk is gone. I'm going to have to find some other material for complaining about a business. It was really interesting too. The people that Costco sent were junk removal people. So they took the desk and shipped it away as junk, which I don't understand, but you know, I'm just glad they took it. I'm not complaining at all. It was a perfectly good desk. It was still in its box. They could have done so many other things with it besides haul it away and ship it from junk. One, they could have taken it back and returned it. They could have had the people who ship the desk return it on their own, they could have had it sent to their warehouse in case someone else bought the desk. They could have just given it to me to be like the ultimate customer service. Uh, but no, they sent, they took a perfectly good desk and they took it to a junk junkyard or wherever the junk removal people take their junk. And that's just like a really missed opportunity, I think. But hey, I'm glad it's gone. I don't know what I'm going to do with all this extra space. Put a couch there, put a desk there, put, I don't know, a play, like a little play area for my son so he can just play right by my desk. There's so many things I'm going to do with all this space. I'm so happy for it. The other reason I wanted to bring this up, not just because I've now talked about Costco in like probably six episodes regarding this event, but I was talking with the guy and my family was talking with the guy and my wife was talking with the, the people that came to remove it. And they're talking about how great of um, a job it is and how much money they're making. They're able to make thousands and thousands of dollars off individual contracts. And it's because like 
not a lot of people want to do that job. Now, it's not like a trash guy or anything. I mean, sometimes I guess it could be trash, but it's a job that does require a lot of hard work. So if you're up for that, but it's not like by any means a degrading job. Like they were, they contract with Costco to like return things and um, they make thousands and thousands of dollars over it. So if you're looking for a job, you don't mind putting in some sweat and you have some muscles and you don't mind lifting things, maybe junk removal is a franchise opportunity for you. That's what this guy did. He was a franchisee of a junk removal place and he loves it. He's like an old veteran retired after being in the military for like 28 years and he loves it he loves what he does and he makes great money doing it so if you're looking for another way to make money maybe it's just a part-time job or whatever junk removal might be the job for you i learned about bobby bonilla day on july 1st this was an incredible story is it has to do with baseball no i'm not a baseball fan i think baseball is absolutely boring I think baseball would be more entertaining just managing a spreadsheet and basing it off statistic analysis and letting the statistics run. And like, I mean, the last time Kelly and I went to a game, I think we lasted three innings and then we were like, we're out. As soon as we finished our beer, we're done. We can't take this anymore. It was actually, I think we ended up only going because someone said that they were box seats. We're like, oh yeah, we'll go hang out in a box seat. We can always turn on the TV and watch something else besides baseball. And it turns out they weren't even box seats. So thank you very much for whoever gave me those tickets. But hey, they were free. I guess I can't complain, except that it was just a big waste of a night because we left after like third inning. Granted, it was the Angels back when the Angels were terrible. I don't know if they're any good nowadays. I don't even know if it's baseball season. But back to the point of the story of Bobby Bonilla, July 1st. Every day for the next 25 years from 2011 to 2035 is going to be paid $1.19 million to be because the Mets needed to buy him out of his contract of $5.9 million. You're like, what? 1.19 times 25. It's a lot more than, than uh, the $5.9 million for one year. And you would be right. You would be a mathematician. And I'm sure you're getting straight A's in your math math classes for it or did once you were in school or when you were in school and you might be like why would the Mets make such a terrible deal well in the baseball world in a lot of sports world with salary caps sometimes you have to make room for other players in this case the Mets actually kind of got a good deal as well they were able to free up space and get Bobby off the roster off the cap or out of this cap space and they picked up somebody who ended up becoming the MVP of their conference or division, something to that effect. Again, sorry, not a baseball fan. And then ended up trading that guy for someone who ended up being the captain and being around the Mets for a long time. Which brings up a great lesson in principle for us. And that is sometimes when you're in negotiations, you should look for the value that you can provide outside of yourself. If a good old Bobby here was just going to negotiate based on his skill level. He wasn't that good of a baseball player from what I hear. If he was just trying to argue and ask for more money based on what he thought he was going to or how he was going to perform for his last year on the, the ball club, on the team, he wouldn't have got this deal. But his agent or whoever it was realized how much value 
it was for him to step away and move off of the roster was infinitely worth more than what his $5.9 million contract left was to the team. And because of that, he was able to secure payments for the next 25 years, a million dollars every year on July 1st. And that's a great lesson, a great application for us that we should be looking for what or who or the, whatever it is that we're negotiating with, what value, what are they holding on to? What are they really going after? What is the core issue that they have and see how you can leverage and create a win-win situation. This was a win-win for both of them. The Mets got an MVP. They got a future captain in exchange for somebody who was not that great. And the person that was not that great got paid a lot more than what they were worth really for from an athletics perspective. But his value was far beyond just what his athletics were because of the salary cap. And that, again, is just a great lesson for us to think outside of just our direct contributions and what other positions we're in or ways that we can provide value. And what he, this guy really did is he did provide value just not for baseball and playing on the field, but for the ability to step away and to free up space so someone greater than him could come. And hey, maybe you'll find yourself in a situation where someone will want to buy you off to let someone greater and hopefully you're really great at whatever you're doing but maybe there won't be a maybe there'll be a time when someone will come along that's greater than you and you'll maybe will do what bobby bonilla did and secure payments for the next 25 years of 1.19 million dollars for 25 years that's just an awesome story and i think everyone else thinks that's awesome too because they can keep bringing it up every july 1st the next thing that was really cool is that or really cool. The thing that I was excited about today is how I should probably say that again. Sorry, migraine headache. I'm going to not speak normally if I speak normally at all is Trump is looking or floating an idea of cutting taxes again. I love it. Anytime you can cut taxes for the most part, I am all for and from the most part, I mean, like if we have 1% tax, I mean, maybe we should just leave it at 1%. He's thinking of cutting capital gains in this way. Now, currently, how it is structured today, your capital gains is taxed no matter, uh, with including inflation. So when you, let's just say, you don't listen to the show and you just park away your investments for 25 years, you don't touch it and you cash it out. 25 years of inflation is built into those capital gains on top of the value that the companies generated and the stock price that went up. Well, the stock price goes up because of inflation, but the value of the company is worth more in 25 years, hopefully, if you make good investment. But it's also part of that it baked in is inflation. And capital gains doesn't only tax you on the increase of value of the companies, but they're increasing you on the, the uh, inflation that's factored in as well. From what I understand, the Trump campaign is looking to factor in inflation and not tax you on the inflated amount of your capital gains, but only on the increase of value of the companies, which would be a huge tax break for anyone investing in capital gains, which is anybody that invests in companies, anyone that invests in real estate, anyone that invests in the stock market, pension funds, bond market, like all those retirement funds, like all of those things 
could potentially be impacted by this. I don't know all the details about it, but that is what's being floated right now. And I'm really excited about that because, hey, we are already taxed way too much. And when you also lower the tax barrier and burden for money that's being invested in the companies, that is a great way to spur the economy. And hey, the economy might continue to just keep on roaring because if the companies are able to get more funding from raising capital through selling stock and be able to raise money and invest that into capital and in our research and development and improving processes and all of those things like building things cheaper, all of that, then the economy is going to do better. Our society is going to have more value or dollar is going to have more buying power which can mean that we're way off from a recession. Uh, we shall see. There's some indicators I've seen that with the housing market stuff that indicates late 2019, early 2020, we're going to have a recession. I actually don't really believe that. I think it's a little farther off. But again, we're in uncharted territory. There's a lot smarter people than me saying two different things. That's just my gut take and from what I feel what's going on in the economy the S&P like hit another record today and of course when you hit a record the day before as long as you go up you're gonna hit another record that's kind of how it works but hey it's good for the news the news press and hopefully it's good for our portfolios as well the next story that wasn't making me so happy is that Nike story where they had the old-school American flag with the like 13 stars in the circle they were having them on the shoes I think it was like the Harriet Tugman flag I think that's what it was. I'm not too sure about that. Colin Kaepernick said, hey, Nike, you get, gotta get rid of that. And what does Nike do? Do they have backbone? Do they fight? Do they say like, hmm, let's do an analysis. Do more conservative Americans play sports or do more liberal wussies play sports? Hmm, maybe it's more the conservative people. No, they don't. They just capitulate to this one guy. And basically, they're allowing Colin Kaepernick to be the CEO of their company, and, or at least the CMO, and in charge of their marketing strategy because they pulled it. And now they have really upset a large group of people. And I don't understand it. I don't think it's cowardice. I don't think they're scared. I really honestly think it's just a business decision. But it's a really poor business decision. Like, dude, I don't know if it's like just when you get to that level where you're like the CEO, CMO, you're in charge of marketing, you're in charge of the branding of Nike, and you're just, maybe you're at this high level, you went to liberal schools, you're in a liberal bubble, and you're just out of touch from America, like somehow you think that you're gonna be hurt more by not listening to Colin Kaepernick, who's not even a football player anymore, versus like, you know, offending a bunch of Americans for not <laughs> using the American flag on your shoes? That's, you, you made that calculated risk. You thought it would be better for Nike to get rid of the American flag than to just keep it and tell this football player that's not even good, hey, just or just ignore him. Don't even have to say anything. Just ignore him and just continue to go out and roll out those shoes. They, that was your decision. I'm just, it's so curious to me. I don't, I would love to get into the minds of these people of how and why they capitulate to the crazy left. It's insane to me. Like most people that buy Nike stuff don't hate America. I guarantee it. Not that like buying Nike is a symbol of America or anything. But people that are playing sports are not concerned with politics. But then when you start hearing like, oh man, they they, they no longer are going to put the American flag on their shoes. It kind of is like you're going against the American team here. The, the American, like you're on the American team and then you, you have a higher chance of 
upsetting Americans. Anyway, so that was a, a shocking story to me. And just, I know it happens a lot. I know a lot of companies capitulate and cave in to the left because they're scared of boycotts. But has it ever really hurt a company that stood up to the left? Like, really, has it? I, I don't know if it has. I'm sure that companies that have gone against the conservatives have been hurt far more. You know, Target got hit for a long time because of their transgender bathrooms or whatever it was. And some other companies got hit as well. Anyways, if you are a the head of a big company like Nike, just ignore it ignore the left it'll go away it's like seriously they have something to be upset about every day of the week and if your day comes then tomorrow is going to be much better so just sit on it and just wait a week and see what happens i guarantee the crazy hysterics are going to pass right by you the last thing i saw today which was also disturbing to me was sad well, it's not really sad i mean hey good for tesla tesla out sold their expectations of how many cars they were gonna buy. And if you've been listening to the show for any length of time, you know I've talked about it once or twice well, where I was in a debate in my business class with my professor about how Tesla stock was just overpriced because they're subsidized and they can't really make it on their own. And just a little guilty pleasure of mine is whenever I see their stock go down, I'm like, yes, I was right. And now it looks like their stock's surging, so I guess my professor was right. I just don't know what to think about Tesla anymore, honestly. Like, yeah, their cars go far. Yeah, they're really cool. They look great. And they have this cool network where you can recharge around the nation. But I hear a lot of problems that their cars, after four or five years, they're subsidized, or at least they used to be. They maybe are not so much anymore. Um, you know, Elon Musk is now saying SpaceX is worth more than Tesla. I don't know what to think about it anymore, but I just thought I would share, I shared last time when Tesla stock was going down, and just to be fair, I'm gonna share when it's going up. So congratulations to Tesla for selling more cars than expected. That is a great job, and I'm glad that you know employees of Tesla are gonna be able to keep their jobs and not gonna be have a fear of being laid off because their, their, uh, their sales are plummeting. So that is awesome. All right, now I'm gonna go probably drink a scotch go to bed, and hopefully my splitting headache will go away, and we'll talk to you tomorrow. Now let's go out and be successful together. God bless.